For Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is Martian Neugebauer, a University of Arizona research associate who spent a long and productive career at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Welcome, Marcia. With the launch of the Parker Solar Probe, there's been some attention paid to Eugene Parker, after whom it's named, but Parker's ideas about the solar wind, the particles streaming out from the sun, weren't embraced at first, and you had a hand in verifying that he had it right. Could you tell us a little bit about Mariner 2 and the spacecraft that's often credited with confirming some of his ideas? Okay, well, Parker wrote this paper in 1958. People had known for decades that the atmosphere of the sun was very hot, millions of degrees, although they don't know how it got that hot. And it was Parker who decided that the atmosphere being that hot couldn't just sit there. It had to have, its pressure had to be so high that the interstellar gas couldn't confine it. And so he predicted that the atmosphere of the sun would blast away from the sun supersonically throughout space continuously. Well, there were other people who thought that was nuts. So after Parker's paper came out and Sputnik was launched, Different groups around the world tried to see, was Parker right or was he nuts? And the Soviets tried first to try and measure if there was a solar wind, but their measurements were not very good. There were three groups in the United States who tried to measure it. JPL, where I worked, uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, NASA Ames Research Center, and MIT. I was involved in the instrument designed at JPL, and I first three launches went nowhere. We had instruments on Mariner 1 and Mariner 2. Mariner 2, it did some terrible things. It rolled over a few times before heading off in the right direction. Its power went off for a while, but it made it, and we could measure the solar wind most of the way from Earth to Venus. And it was supersonic. It was going at about the speed that Parker predicted. The only part Parker got wrong was the density. He predicted a density that was 10 to 100 times higher than what was measured. So what was your role in that instrument? The solar wind is made up of ions and electrons, charged particles. And we devised an instrument where we would apply an electric field and bend the paths of these ions and electrons in a curve where they would be measured by what was an electrometer. I mean, that was so old fashioned. This was early 60s. Nowadays, we have particle counters. You count every particle it hits. You ended up becoming known for your work on the sun and the solar wind. Was that what you were interested in when you first got into science? I guess I went into science because... I'd rather figure things out than memorize things. When I was a graduate student, I spent a summer working in the lab measuring diffusion of one metal into another. And at that time, JPL was an army laboratory. The army was working on nuclear rockets where you take a reactor, send it out into space, and send a gas through it, heat the gas up, and then squirt it out the rear end of the rocket. And those days there was intense competition between the Army and the Air Force for their rockets. The Secretary of Defense put an end to it, saying, the Army can't work on anything 
that lands more than 100 miles from where it's launched. And that let out nuclear propulsion. So about that time, we started studying ionized gases, which the Army was still interested in, and then the space age came along. What have we learned about the solar wind in the intervening decades? How has the science changed? We've learned that solar wind is always there, but it's not always the same. Sometimes it blows very fast, sometimes very slowly. Sometimes after a big magnetic event in the sun, we'll get a blast of stuff on Earth, which disrupts communications and hurts satellites and things like that. What's not known is why is the sun's atmosphere so hot in the first place? Why is it over a million or two degrees? And that's one of the principal things that the Parker Solar Probe is designed to find out. Thank you for coming in, Marcia. This is Tim Swindle, and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.